look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. You? Good. Long weekend. Hey, it's fantastic. Stamps are playing today. It's uh, it's a slam dunk. It's going to be good. We've uh, looks like we're going to have decent weather and continue through and backyard barbecues galore. Yeah. Well, speaking of backyard barbecues, mm-hmm. thank you for your invitation. Tomorrow, I'm going to be coming yep. to your place and making a big mess. So. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm Maddie, really for Maddie that. will thank you for that, for sure. Yeah. Oh, she'll think, oh, I told her that I'm making a mess because it's your place, too. Very good. Very good. Yes, I'm sure I'll end up cleaning it up. Um, we're going to talk about um, the retirement survey. Uh, Fidelity puts out an annual survey each year, and we've been tracking this for literally years. This is their 14th year in a row. I'm not sure we've hit every one of them. Uh, but we've certainly had a lot of them. And it's interesting to see the trends that are developing and how optimistic Canadians are or not about their retirement. So stick around and for that. And how prepared they are. Well, yeah, I don't that's think right. they're prepared enough, and I think the survey is kind of showing some of that data um, empirically as we as we see anecdotally on our, on, our, on our clientele and people who are coming to see us. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I've got an interesting um, piece this week that I've, I was talking to a person about. So we, in, in conversation, of course, we were talking about a lot of the uncertainties that we're facing. What's happening with the trade war and what's the Fed going to do and the e- European Central Bank with interest rate decisions. And there's all these things that we're thinking about. Yep. And what, what it raised in conversation uh, with this individual is the black swan event, right? So it's this 2008 kind of scenario where out of the blue, something happens and it just kills the market, yeah, right? It's, it's not, that three standard deviation move, right? Yeah, so it's something that's so extreme right. that no one was prepared for right. that happens right. and it can be catastrophic to someone's entire retirement. Yeah, exactly. And then the conversation switched to his comment, um, it was a passing comment. He said, well, you can't plan for the black swan. So my question for this segment is, can you actually plan for the unplannable? The unplannable? Yeah. Is that even a word? It is now. Oxford, if you're listening, put it in. Okay. Unplannable is now a word. Okay. Good to know. Okay. So. (laughs) Can you plan for the unplannable? So (laughs) we're we're freaking out. We're, you know, there's lots of people listening and we're laying awake at night thinking about, oh my God, what could happen here? And what don't I know? This is the thing that our entire practice has been based on, is can you plan for the unplannable? There you go. See, it's a new word. I'm using it. So I guess it's a new word now. Um, when you have these major catastrophic events that don't happen frequently, right. they're so infrequent that it, people f- tend to forget it's going to happen. Right. And our entire practice of asset dedication, the four buckets and so right. forth, has been based upon how to protect people in those situations. Right. So to answer your question, can you protect yourself from a black swan event? The answer is yes. Yeah. And asset dedication is the solution to that. So going back to how we separate people's money or dedicate money in different buckets, one's for income, one's for growth, and what happens in the markets on a day-to-day basis does not impact the income bucket. Right. What happens in the economy doesn't happen, doesn't affect people on their income for a 10-year period. Right. But then the growth bucket, yes, have volatility, absolutely. Right. But let's go back to 2008. Our strategy didn't have the big impacts in the growth bucket as the markets did. Well, never mind the growth bucket, forget that. The income bucket, which is where people were really nervous. How am I gonna draw income and support my lifestyle when this big black swan event hits? Yeah. 
we actually got a bonus. Not, not only were you not negatively affected, it was, it was a bonus. It was two years more income. So I think when people see volatility happen, let's go back to fourth quarter 2018, or when people see any kind of drop in the market, they immediately think about my income. My income is going to be impacted when the markets fall. So if the markets fall 10%, I'm down 10%. That could be years of income that are gone. Right. This is why we have asset dedication. And and here, this is what I was thinking about after the conversation with this person. I, I was thinking about, um, it's an interesting comment because we we actually have all been trained to plan for the unplannable as we've as we've got we've gotten older. So insurance is a good example. Why do you have life insurance? in the event that this horrific, unplannable black swan event happens and your family's taken care of. You just recently built a home and you now have right. interesting different types of locks on your door and alarm system and right. video that you can see what's going on. You're hoping that it never needs to be used. That's correct. So so we talk about um, in the seminar, and we'll remind everybody about when, when our next one is, but the you know th this idea that you no longer have a singular goal. And this is what people have to recognize when they get to this stage of life. You can't, you, it's not just about growth anymore. It's about planning for stability and predictability of income. So let me, let me kind of put jump in there really quickly because I think people are still focused on, let's say you have a million dollars and you need $50,000 of income from that million dollars yes. to live off the right. lifestyle that you want. Right. So many people are expecting their portfolio to grow at 5% per year so they don't erode on capital. Right. And so when people do those types of things, they take on a lot more risk. Think about what 5% is in income and what you need to invest into yep. to get 5%. Right. So these black swan events that you're talking about right. can occur, can be catastrophic, Yep. can wipe out someone's retirement. Yeah. One of his friends, this person's friends, we were talking about income <laughs> and dividend for income, yeah. okay? I just have all dividend-paying stocks for income. Oh my God. You can definitely do that, right? There's lots of different ways to skin the cat, but he was horrified by this, and I said, well, we don't, we don't uh, uh, subscribe to that methodology either because let's talk about the black swan event. You're so nice when you say this is something you can do. Uh, I honestly believe that this is a way that you can actually really impact your retirement. So yeah, you can do it. You can do anything you want to. Right, but should you do it? That's okay. the question. Yeah. Correct. Because where's the insurance? So what happens in a black swan event, this unplannable event happens, what are the chances? I mean, certainly you see stocks fall. And his friend's comment was, you just have to have the guts to ride through the system. Fair enough. Uh, or to ride through this cycle. Okay, fair enough. But what happens if that dividend gets cut now? Because the board of directors determines that they need to retain capital to, to, to protect the company. Do you know when, when you said that you just have to ride it through? You know what it reminds me of? When, when we get interviews of people who have gone through a major tornado or a hurricane, right. and they're, they're just going to stay in that location, right. and they're like, we well, just got to ride it through and rebuild. How many times can you rebuild? You can't rebuild your retirement. No. You can't rebuild. So this is Mo this. Yeah, most so when people I hear will not comments that. like yeah. that, right. I think of those hurricane victims who just say, we're going to rebuild. Right. But it's, it's, it's a continuation of thinking that we were taught when we were growth investors. Yeah. Okay. So we look at dividend as part of the total return of a portfolio. It's not the income component to it because you don't have that stability that you can create through other things, right? And you need an airbag. So I'm just saying to people that are listening to this, um, the, goals and, uh, the goals change. You can plan for those things by having some insurance in your portfolio. I don't mean actual insurance products necessarily, but you have to build it with the idea that things could go wrong, right? And so we talk about having a base case scenario, but yep. then very humbly ask yourself, step back and just say, huh, 
Could I be wrong? So let's take that example of someone who has a full stock portfolio with dividend-paying stocks to get the income that they need. What 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 could go wrong? Right. And what's the impact to you? And can you survive that? Right. And then assign a probability of that happening. I don't think people do that. I, that's stress testing. We've talked yeah, about stress, stress testing, testing right. a portfolio. Yeah. The worst case scenario is a stress test. I don't think people do that. And I think that's the problem that we have when when people are just looking at one answer to one problem and not looking at alternatives just in case something goes wrong. Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree with you. Um, okay, we're going to have to, we're, you know, this is a topic, I suppose, that we're going to educate people about. And Absolutely. we do that every single month. So let's just remind everybody when our upcoming seminar is because this is a topic that's near and dear to How our heart. How do you bulletproof your retirement? We're going to show you the strategy on Tuesday. August 20th, 7 p.m. at the Carriage House Inn. Now, you need to reserve your seats. So give us a call at 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. Okay. Um, I, I think the piece, yeah. um, you know, that we're going to talk about, people should come prepared to... to as a, if you're coming as a couple or a single, write down some of the things that you're thinking about with retirement, some of the assumptions that you have. Because we have an awesome Q&A period at the yeah, end yeah. where it's fair game. Ask anything you want, right? Um, I think when you meet with an advisor or you go to their seminars or anything, <laughs> write down the, the concerns that you have. Yeah. Write down your fears. Yeah. What are you worried about? Right. Right. How is that? And how can you protect is, and plan for that? And, how, right. and, and those are the issues that people are, are coming to, to, to learn about. What are the concerns? What are your fears? Yeah. What are your questions? Write them all down in advance. Right. I don't care if you're coming to our seminar, you're meeting with an advisor for the first time, you're meeting your own advisor for the 25th year in a row. Right. Write them down and see how you're going to address those concerns, questions, beautiful. and fears. That's beautiful. Okay. Having said that, don't go away after the break. We're going to, re we're going to be talking about um, some current research to talk about what Canadians really think about retirement, how prepared they are. You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal. You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. You know, there's this little topic that we occasionally cover called retirement. <laughs> That's pretty much all we talk about, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do spend a lot of time talking about it. Uh, but listen, for about, I think this is the 14th year now, uh, Fidelity has been putting out an annual report called Retirement 2020, um, and their, their 2019 um, report is now out. And we've got a terrific guest to help us uh, talk about the results of the, uh, the retirement uh, survey that they've done. Michelle Monroe is joining us. She's the Director of Tax and Retirement Research at Fidelity Investments. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on. Well, we're not going to be able to do it, uh, justice in 10 minutes uh, to the, the content of the, the survey, but I want to sort of start at a high level here, and I, I want you to tell us a little bit about um, how, what you found year over year, the differences between how optimistic Canadians are with respect to the retirement this year versus, say, last year or previous years. Are we seeing a trend? Well, one of the trends is that we're seeing people are very optimistic and they're looking forward to retirement. And I think part of that could be because we've, we're getting into a 10-year bull run now. <laughs> so, the yeah, the economy is doing well and therefore people are looking forward to retirement and because their investments are doing well as well. Well, I think that's, that's interesting. We feel it a little bit differently here in Alberta than perhaps in other parts of the country. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, which is which is an interesting conversation. We, we we remind clients that you know what's happening with respect to pipelines in Alberta may not necessarily be influencing you know everybody everywhere. 
However, having said that, it is interesting to know nationally that Canadians are, are optimistic. Yeah, and before we got on the show, we were looking at some of the survey, Dave, and it was it was focusing on, on one piece was on on how and when people retire. We yep. found that in the prairies, Alberta yep. included, uh, uh, tend to retire sooner, at least 37% of them do. So, Michelle... Um, what uh, what do Canadians tend to uh, to do when they retire? What what age group are they primarily retiring at? And then what are their plans when they to to match the, their 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 age and their and their financial situation? Well, there's a, that's a really good question, and there's a lot of different pieces to that. So when we ask pre-retirees, when do you expect to retire? Uh, almost forty percent. So predominantly, they mostly say around sixty-five. But then we find that uh, a lot of people actually retire a lot earlier and are in that under 60 category. And it does vary across the country, whereas BC is one of the highest at 46%, and the prairies are actually just under 40%, um, and they're in line with Ontario. Um, So what we are seeing is that people do tend to retire a little bit earlier than expected, and there could be various reasons for that. Um, Part of it is also thinking about, well, what do you plan to do in retirement and creating a bit of a vision and then actualizing that. Yeah, I think that we talk about that an awful lot, Michelle, on the show. It's, you know, everybody knows what they're retiring from. It's surprising how few people know what they're retiring to. Perhaps at a very high level they've thought this through, but they haven't really dug down into, you know, some of the the plans, the details of what's going to fill that gap. You think about 40 hours a week, you've got to fill with something. 40 hours a week is a lot of time to fill. And we find that when we, especially when I speak to uh, early retirees, is that is the biggest shock that they have, um, that they've spent eight plus hours a day at Mm -hmm. work. And when you ask people, like, what do you think you're going to be doing in retirement? And you get the typical answers. Well, the number one answer is actually traveling. And then the next is spending time with family and friends and then hobbies. And then when we ask the retirees, how did you actually spend time? Traveling actually um, doesn't, uh, it doesn't occur as much as they had anticipated. But they do, do spend more time on hobbies and family with friends and actually online activity. So what we're seeing is that the seniors are just as busy on their uh, smartphones as the rest of us are. <laughs> are we finding that more and more Canadians are working through their retirement years? There is. uh, It's more of a transition zone uh, where people are working for something something that they love to do as opposed to their paycheck. And um, when we ask the reasons, well, what what are your reasons for working in retirement? People say to stay active, uh, helps to stay busy, pass the time, give a sense of purpose, social reasons, things like that. Uh, Of course, financial reasons is one of the answers as well. Right. Um, but when we go an extra layer, well, what what do you mean by financial reasons? A, a lot of it has to do with reasons to make life easier, which means an additional night out. Uh, maybe it's an additional vacation or a fancier vacation. And um, and I think that's it's a different retirement than you'd think, like our parents' retirement, um, where. People would retire, and it's a, it's a hard stop, and then you start your it's a hard stop from your working years, and then the retirement years. I think it's more of a trend. It's, the trends are it's more of a transition now. Yeah, Let, let's talk about um, 
how prepared people are. So I made the comment earlier, uh, Faisal, and we talk about this a lot. We know what we're retiring from. Most people do, right? They, yeah. Very right. few sort of have a, an idea or a plan of what they're retiring to. Michelle, I'd like your comments from the, from the research, and not just this year's, but if we've seen a trend improving or not about people's uh, retirement planning. Do they have a plan? Um, the, um, start with this more of a, the importance of having a written plan and really creating that vision and putting it on paper. Mm. Um, any plan uh, that's written, if it's, if it's written, you increase your likelihood of actually achieving your goals. And in, our research shows us that about a quarter of people actually have a written retirement plan. Now, those people who work with a financial advisor, financial planner, what have you, the term you want to use, that number actually goes up to 40%. And then we look, well, people who actually have a written plan, they do feel so much better prepared. And you would think that, well, they would feel better prepared financially, as expected, but it's also emotionally, socially, and physically, which has to do with health-wise. So it's just putting all these pieces together, I think, really drives home to your listeners the importance of having a written plan. So, so Michelle, let's just kind of recap that. First of all, those who are are dealing with an advisor, only 40% of them have a written financial plan? That's what people tell us. I Now, when I think when the advisors who um, I, I speak with, I think that's low. I think this is... I think that they actually are preparing it a lot higher, that there's, the numbers should be higher. You know what I find interesting in that, Faisal, is the conf- there might be confusion. So we, we believe that there's a difference between a written financial plan and a retirement plan. Correct. Right? So a retirement yeah. plan, sorry, a, a written financial plan would be a component of a retirement plan yeah, because there's lifestyle considerations yeah. and everything else, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that's right. sometimes the confusion with people, even if they've done a financial calculator. So I, I don't, um, sorry, I, I agree with the survey mm. because the people that come to us for a second opinion or want us to sit down and kind of have a chat don't have. Most don't. A, I would say <clears throat> more don't. than more than 40% of the people. Um, true. Are, so let's, let's Anecdotally, the, that would be true. Anecdotally in our practice, for the people that we meet, right. really? do not have a written financial plan at all. Right. And are coming to us because they want that. Right. They want some sort of guidance on a, from a plan perspective. So I, I'm, I'm just surprised that people are okay with. Do so you actually think it's too high? That number I is think that higher than what you would have expected to see. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Right. So yeah. I think it, it should, uh, the 23 or 25 percent of the people who don't have a plan in general is pretty much what we. Or, sorry, I do have a plan. Is what we see anecdotally in our practice for people who come in us for second opinion. Okay, so we're very quickly running out of time, Michelle, and we're going to end it on this particular point and this question. I think we all agree that um, that people that have a financial, a written financial plan, and it's tied to a, a retirement plan lifestyle, um, have a higher quality of retirement, lower stress, so on and so forth. So um, finish it, finish it off, I guess, if you would, with just if you had to give somebody one piece of advice um, as they're preparing for their retirement, what would you say? Oh, I think it's the importance of having a written plan and being prepared, coming up with the vision of the future that's realistic. And um, it's not only preparing for like those fun points of traveling and spending time with family and friends, but looking at it from a, a very holistic viewpoint that retirement's going to last a long time and think about it and be prepared. Michelle, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for taking some time with us. 
All right. Thank you. Enjoy your day. Bye-bye. You too. We've been joined by Michelle Monroe, Director of Tax and Retirement Research at Fidelity Investments. And I'll remind our listeners and, and Faisal, uh, a very good friend of ours, Barry Lavallee, says retirement is not a perpetual weekend. Yeah. Right? You will, it will not work out that way. So you need to put some structure into what that uh, what that's going to look like, and then can it be supported through all the math and the numbers and you know uh, the financial plan? Yeah, and that structure is very important, and we're going to talk about how to get that structure into reality to bulletproof your retirement on Tuesday, August twentieth, seven p.m. at the Carriage House Inn in South Calgary. Now you need to reserve your seat, so give us a call nine six six eighty four hundred. That's nine six six eight four zero zero, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. All right, thanks for tuning into another edition of More Than Money on seven seventy CHQR. Go stamps, go. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.